0: All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF. It's my podcast. Welcome to it. Hope you're hanging in. I hope that the holidays, the first wave didn't beat you down too much. Maybe even at a nice time. I don't know. I underplayed it dramatically today on the show. My old buddy Joe Matarese is here. Joe and I kind of started together back in New York, and he's got a podcast called Fixing Joe, and he's also got a a CISO comedy special coming up. That's this Thursday, December 1st. Um, But I haven't talked to him in a while, and I always liked Joe, despite the fact that he never seemed to believe that I liked him because I was hung up on a joke of his that I still like, but he, he uh, he thinks I'm fucking with him for some reason. Perhaps I'll bring that up in the conversation. Uh, I'm going to be in Chicago this Saturday, December third for two shows at the Vic. You can go to WTFpod.com slash tour to get the link up for tickets. I think the first show might be sold out. Second show is uh I believe there's still yeah, I think there's still tickets. I don't keep in you know, on top of this. I'm excited. I don't know how cold it is. But uh, I got to get, uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm preparing for it here in L.A. It got chilly in L.A. It's a brisk 55 degrees right now. And I, I'm wearing a toque and a flannel over a T-shirt I layered up. What else have I got coming up? In the immediate future, not till January 24th, I'll be at the Ruby Diamond Concert Hall in Tallahassee, Florida. February 17th, I'll be at the Carolina Theater in Durham, North Carolina on February 18th. I'll be at the Night Theater in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then March 2nd, the Ridgefield Playhouse. That's in Ridgefield, Connecticut. March 3rd, the Music Hall in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. College Street Music Hall in New Haven, Connecticut on March 10th. Uh Troy Savings Bank Music Hall. A lot of coming up. I got Burlington coming up, and we're adding more dates on into the spring. You can go to WTFpod.com slash tour for all those dates. There's a bunch, there's gonna be a bunch of new ones. Uh, going to be up there soon i i've been having some experiences you know i read an article huff post piece on uh the uh the the escalation in um heckling since the uh, election of trump the escalation in uh, uh you know nasty you know name calling heckling or just a sort of uh, ease in which people say shitty things about ethnic groups or about liberals that buzzword is back the liberal the broad liberal buzzword you know some people are democrats some people republicans some people are independents but like liberal takes on this whole sort of like be like it even means anything to anybody who uses it in that tone but uh but it's back it's been here before familiar with it but i you know i work as a comic and you know you have to sort of Figure out the angle in terms of how you're going to talk about this stuff, and uh, yeah, I've been almost non-political for most of uh, you know the run of this podcast, give or take certain issues that affect me personally, and and this affects me personally, so I'm going to talk about it, but I I'm not. It's not about alienating people. It's just about having an emotional response. And then, yeah, I'm watching other comics and they're nervous. Everybody's nervous. Nobody knows what's going to happen. They don't, you know, they're nervous about the president, whether they voted for him or not, the new president that's going to come in. They're nervous about the country. They're nervous about everything. It's very, and and people get afraid to talk up there, but you got to express your feelings if that's the kind of comic you are and you have to realize what the fuck is up. You know where? I don't know where people are getting their information or what they're basing their uh, engagement with reality on. I know that there's a, a general lack of a sense of the interconnectedness of humanity because we're all so fucking detached and just sort of shut into our own little worlds, our own little cliques, our own little communities, our own little homes, our own little, you know, online avatars and screen names. I don't know where people have. What is the collection? What is the collective? What holds us together? People don't get their news from the same place. Most, most people get their news from uh, clickbait and hearsay, with the occasional catchy meme. There's no barometer of of truth or integrity to, to to most of the information that's out there. So people like you know, well, how do you know? Yeah, you, know, you you read a what? You read an article. Well, how do you know it's true? I, oh, who knows anymore what's true? What you know? I just kind of. Yeah, I kind of click around, kind of, you know, surf a little bit, take in some, uh, you know, just read the headlines and then, you know, here like, I yeah, take in what people tell me. Uh, you know, I see some pictures and, you know, whatever sticks, whatever sticks That's uh, you know, whatever I feel in my gut uh, is truth. That's what's truth. Well, that's that's not a real, not a really good integrity barometer of any truth. It's like, yeah, what what's integrity? What, what does that even mean anymore? It's not even a word. I don't think that's a, a made up word journalistic integrity that's uh that 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 is a a talking point all right so you just find news that fits your particular point of view and makes you comfortable in your personal truth whatever that is left or right yeah that's that's pretty much it well terrific so that's out there's no collective sensibility about uh the integrity of information so as a comic you know yeah I, all i can do is what i've been doing for the last Couple of decades, and that's you know, speak from my heart and and react to what's going on. Now, I'm you know, I'm prepared to process and deal with uh, heckling in the moment. It's not something I I have a problem with. It's something I learned early on. It's a skill set that as a comic you you either lock into and you learn how to do, or you don't. I did. I don't take any shit up there. That's our space. That's your comic space. You know, first of all, heckling in general, you know, despite what anyone is saying, is it, it's not right. You're supposed to behave like a fucking audience member, but it seems to be an established type of thing that people like heckling is a thing we have to deal with continually. And now the idea that there's an upsurge in uh, inappropriate heckling, you know, some hecklers help the show. Some hecklers, you know, want to have a conversation. Yeah. But some hecklers are just, you know, kind of fuck you people. And we know who the fuck you people are. Here's the, the, the interesting thing. Look, I have, I'm not having some you know, major issue in, uh, you know, accepting as an American, the election I mean, i'm not you know i'm not naive yes the election is done we have a new president but the only thing that the popular election if anything implies other than the number of votes one candidate had over the other it's not a matter of winning or losing but what it is a matter of is there is no social mandate for being a douchebag in public. There is no majority. This is a minority rule. It's the way the Republic works. It's the way democracy works in this country. I understand that, but the numbers do not and should not give anyone a social mandate to be a fucking douchebag in public and treat people badly and say shit that they know that they shouldn't have said. It's still, this this is what's gonna have to happen ultimately is that people, who respect humanity, whatever side you're on, who respect the collective idea of what our country represents, which is we all live together, we're all Americans. You're going to be called upon if you're a decent person, no matter who you voted for. We're gonna to have to say in public situations, hey, you know what? Hey, 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 it's still not okay to do that. No, that that no, you don't have license to do that and whatever that is you fill in the blank for yourself oh whoa 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 it's you know what it's not okay to say that I'm not saying it's against the law you have a constitutional right to do it but socially in the world we live in in you know american culture and society it's like you know be like be act like a fucking person so there is no social mandate for being a douchebag in public i understand people are excited on both sides but that's just the truth of it, and that, as a comic, is something we're all going to have to deal with. It's like, if you don't like the show, leave. If you want to make a spectacle out of yourself while you're leaving, fine. If you want to talk out during the show, I'll, I'll deal with you for a little while. But ultimately, you're just ruining the show for a lot of people that wanted to see the show because of your opinions in that context. There is no social mandate For being a douchebag in public, try to act like a human being. You know what they are. This is a bipartisan request. So Joe Madaris, Joe Madaris, and I go way back. I don't know that we were like buddies, but we were around each other, and I always liked him. I always liked Joe. Very nice guy. I liked watching him do stand up. I I just liked him, and uh, we never had any real beef uh i you know he lives in new york and you know i know he's got this podcast going i've been sort of we've been trying to figure out you know how to get him on and and uh because he does he's not out here a lot and i was happy we put this in the can a, a while back and uh there's a couple interesting things a couple interesting things going on for joe um as i said earlier he's got a a, a new comedy special on CISO at that premieres um this Thursday, December first. He also has a podcast called Fixing Joe. Uh, you can get it wherever you get podcasts. But uh, but also he's doing this interesting thing. He's making a TV show based on his podcast and web series. Okay, and uh, on Fixing Joe, and he's he's looking for writers. So if you're interested, and this is real. If you're interested, you can go to JoeMatterese.com to take a look at his web series, read the show description, and contact him through the email listed on the site if you want to be a writer for Joe's new show. I've never, I've never, uh, this, is a, this is a very democratic way to do that. I don't know what, if Joe knows what he's gotten himself into, but, uh, but that's what he told me to tell you, and I'm telling you that right now. And now let's uh, let's talk to my old pal Joe Matteris.
1: I had a moment, believe it or not. Yeah. Listening to one of your interviews, and I don't know if I should say which comedian it was. Sure. I was listening to the Al Bell episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it's it was a great not, episode. It was. It wasn't that long ago, so you probably It's a great episode. I don't now. I don't know how detailed your memory is for different Sometimes. interviews. Well, he mentioned to you that he was jealous of your neuroses cuz yours was more masculine than his. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. And he said what he hates about his is that he can't make decisions. Yeah. And he has to ask everybody what they think and he said you come across more like tough. Yeah. And I was I remember I was driving home from a gig I was at Laugh Boston. Yeah. And I wasn't happy with how I did. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It was like one of those, it was one of those, like the the last show was the worst one. All right. Uh, not horrible, but bad enough to ruin all the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. The last one was bad and I got an email. Oh my God. Do you ever get the email from a fan? <laughs> right in, after the show? The next morning. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> I opened my email. <laughs> yeah. I'm at the, I'm still at the Starbucks in the hotel that Laugh Boston is Before in. Before you drove home? Before I drove home. Yeah. I open an email, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it just says, hey, man, was at your show last night? You might want to up your meds. I don't know what's going on with you, but it wasn't funny, and you seem like you're in a bad place. You might want to like get your wife to psychoanalyze you some more and fix you, because like, I have a psychologist wife. Right. And uh, he was just like it wasn't funny, it wasn't good, just really nasty, negative shit about yeah. my show.
0: But was it like was he being a douchebag or he just didn't get it? Was he just disappointed or no? Well, he was a-
1: right. That's what it was. I didn't have a good show, <laughs>
0: right? But he didn't. You could just say, hey, it happens. You know, it's uh, you know the other shows were good. Uh, you can yeah put it
1: into perspective. You could do that, but something hit me uh, where I was I like, hate when they hit it. <laughs> Where you're like
0: they just somehow read exactly what you 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 think you might have gotten away with it with some people,
1: <laughs> and then they're just sort of like they tell you exactly what you were thinking. Yes, and and then also it was Easter. Yeah, and I was missing like the candy yeah. exchange. Right. I was because uh, you still had to drive four hours or what? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I won't be home till noon. Right. They already had their Easter baskets. Right. Not a big deal in my house, right. really. Right. But my kids are only eight and four years old. They don't know that. But that guy didn't, like, you didn't need to up your meds. You just had a shit. What was it? The second
0: show Saturday? Yeah. It's fucking.
1: Well, well, this is what I don't know if you ever did. La- Laugh Boston, it's in this hotel, and uh, usually the audience is whatever corporate event is going on in the, the hotel. Worst. Yes, so that's what it was. Now, you're at a point where you finally get your fans, but I hear you on your podcast talk about doing shows sometimes where you got some other people that just came. Yeah, you got to do the work. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm at the level that it's almost all people that just came. And a few fans. And a few fans. Yeah, it's hard for those fans to understand. Yeah. So, like, when you talk really honestly about being on medications, you're being a dad, and you're 22 years old, you're kind of lost sometimes. Yeah, I don't really want them in the audience. (laughs) Don't don't say that. No, I mean, I want them, but I mean, I've come to the point where I'm like, in my head, I'm going, if everyone here was like... Thirty-five to like seventy. Yeah, this is a this is a home run. Ninety-five percent right. of the time. Oh no, I agree with you. It's yeah. nice to have a grown-up audience. Grown-up. Yes.
0: Right. So, what'd you write back to this kid? And what so happened? I, th-
1: I wish I could. Fu- I wish I could pull up the email right now. But I wrote him back. Like, what you mean? I was. I just said, like, dude, you fucking hurt my feelings. It's Easter morning. Do I really need to? Oh, no. You know, I got to drive all the way home. This is what I I wake up to. I'm. And I'm feeling kind of shitty and I start driving and I put on the your episode yeah. with uh Alubel. Al right. And he's talking about not being able to make decisions. Yeah. And it just fucking hit me like a punch in the face like a like a punch right in the nose where your nose bleeds. Yeah. I was like I can't make decisions. No wonder I can't make decisions. I do a podcast called Fixing Joe where the audience and my guest is trying to fix me. They're helping me with every single thing in my life. I go, that's pathetic. I, that's not a confident stance. <laughs> I go, you're done. It's not Fixing Joe anymore. You're, I go, I want to be able to make decisions. And I was like, at the driving my wife crazy, returning everything I would buy from car wanting to return a house you know like just stuff you can't return yeah like i was at that like we went through a point where the the house we were living in before the house we live in now yeah like i couldn't just move forward i would just be like we got to fix this and we got to fix it's like like i have a brother who's in construction yeah every you know really he used to be for many years he was like a general contractor he knows how to do everything so whenever I would go to do something or want to do something, hey, do you think I should do this? What do you yeah. think? Here? You know, I'm returning stoves and dishwashers. Oh, and that's true. I mean, I'm torturing
0: that's people. So
1: anxiety-ridden.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know if what I'm doing is, is the right way to do things. I get jealous of people that just sort of get things done because really, once you, you set things in motion, like it's it's all about dread. Uh-huh. But like you're actually buying shit and giving it back. But I I bought this washing machine I'm not happy with cuz I don't think it's cleaning things, but But you don't return it. Well, I made some calls <laughs> and and the thing is is that they don't make them any different now. The old t- the old style washing machine with the real thing, the agitator, yeah. the, that fills up all the way, uh-huh. they don't exist anymore hardly. It's all this low water, water efficiency, no big agitator shit. Right. So like I I guess what I'm gleaning is that we all just have to live with slightly dirty clothes now,
1: because that's <laughs> the way it is. Well, what I'm learning is is like a you know a version of that, yeah. which is just just move forward, man. Yeah, stop m- moving backwards so much. Because I got to tell you, when I heard that interview with Loubell, you, you didn't want to be Al Loubell. I really, I felt bad. I wanted to, I wanted to drive to your house and hug Al Lubell.
0: I'm trying to remember like the last time.
1: We were in the same world, mm-hmm.
0: you know, like where because I know you get mad at me because I always quote this joke of yours.
1: You've 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 you mentioned it on your show, yeah. I,
0: like several times. Mm-hmm. I don't several. know, several, maybe twice. <laughs> I don't know. No, but I mean, it was like because there was a time. I guess I'm a little older than you, but you were kind of around. And when I was living in New York, when did you start? I started comedy in '89. Believe it or not. Right. Okay. Jesus. So yeah, and that's not much longer after me. So we were in New York around the same time, and you had your kind of spiky hair, good-looking guy doing your thing. I always thought you
1: were some sort of, you know, uh, bro. I'm sure you did.
0: Yeah, but you I think kind I've of evo- were.
1: I think I was. Yeah, I think I've evolved away from no, it
0: no 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 I, I definitely think that but it's just so funny how sometimes you hold people in this place and mm-hmm. then like i would see you around and then i knew you had this uh that you were struggling with things and, and you were doing it publicly and then you did the podcast did you did you get divorced too
1: never got divorced somehow i just didn't get married so i was a lot older okay. i didn't do the young marriages i had a long couple of long relationships but somehow didn't marry them yeah luckily yeah i'm trying ended. to
0: remember like because, I mean, we didn't know each other that well, but we knew each other uh, well enough. We yeah. were around, like, stand-up New York and shit, right? Yeah. I have one vivid
1: memory about you. Oh, yeah? Was it a bad one? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> what happened? But you didn't piss me off or anything. Right. I just for some reason, we, yeah, we didn't hang, you I. Don't and know, I don't know. Did you decide I didn't like you or something? No. No. I just think um, you were one of those guys. You know what you kind of remind me of? What? Like, when I started in, I started in 89 in Philadelphia...
0: Really, a Philly guy?
1: Yeah. I did my open mics at this place called the Comedy Works and the Comedy Factory Outlet. They were across the street from each other in With Kurt?
0: No, no, it was way Way earlier. before yeah, that. Yeah.
1: My guys were uh, Paul F. Tompkins, was the host oh. of my open mic. Yeah. And uh, Todd Glass was a couple years before me. And believe it or not, Adam McKay. Yeah. You know. Really? The Adam McKay yeah. was at, at, you know, and did open mics with me also. Uh-huh. And those guys hated me. Because you were a bro? Yeah. Right. And I had a mullet. <laughs> I had Cavaricci pants. <laughs> it was bad. I did a Nicholson impression. I mean, everything you shouldn't do, I was doing. Well, you were doing what you thought you had to do to I, do the job. I didn't know right, that you could be yourself. Right. I but really you, didn't. But you're from Jersey? Mm-hmm. I used to drive over the bridge, sign up for the open mic. I lived 15 minutes away. From Philly? From Philly in oh, okay. Cherry Hill, so New it's Jersey. So easier than going to New York. Yeah. yeah. I, I waited four and a half years before I moved to New York.
0: So wait, you're going to Phil, you're doing Nicholson, you got a mullet?
1: Yeah. What, and did the you comics re- would yell, no, from the back. <laughs> and I would still do it. You know those guys that just keep doing the same bit that works at <laughs> yeah, open mic? Yeah. And you don't, I know now, but but back then you what? didn't know that you should be doing new shit <laughs> well, and evolving. Or
0: they're, well, they're trying to help
1: you. Yeah. Don't! <laughs> <laughs> I still remember this guy, John Matta. Don't! <laughs> and I would still, I would put the hand on the head. Oh, you oh, did it all, huh? The things that Dennis Miller made fun of, mm-hmm. I was doing. Well, he used to be
0: a prop comic. Don't put did it he? too high, yeah. Well, that's good to know.
1: Yeah, there you go. Take that. <laughs> Dennis Miller that did time. props? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know what it was is when I started, I would do what I what other comedians were doing, yeah. that's what I would do. I would go, oh, they do jokes about commercials. I should do jokes about a commercial. I didn't talk about me. Well,
0: no, but, that, but that's not a bad mistake. I mean, you're figuring mm-hmm. out how to do comedy. Right. Do you, you know what I mean? I mean, some of those, like Adam McKay doesn't even do stand-up anymore. No, he did
1: it for a short amount. But right. He, but he was weird and alty. So was Paul F. Tompkins. Like, I know, but, but they- But were, I like them when I was coming There's
0: nothing wrong with, uh, yeah, but th- like what I'm saying is that, you know, whatever they eventually ended up doing, broadening whatever they became, it's like you wanted to do club comedy. I was tougher then. I wasn't yeah. as neurotic as I am now. Yeah, that's a question that's sort of interesting to me, is that, like, you did, You always struck me as a guy. Go- what did you
1: grow up? Like, Italian, working class? What was it? Uh, 100% Italian, but not really. You know what's odd is not really working class. Like, I do jokes years ago a lot about not being an italian italian you know yeah. my dad has, is a chemical engineer yeah. he i used to say i'm more of an alan alda italian <laughs> that's what my dad he's not a tony soprano he's an alan alda you know because people don't realize alan alda's italian he is. but he is yeah uh my mom more of the stereotypical Italian, like my mom, I would describe as uh, Ray Romano's mother on everybody loves Raymond. That's my mom and my grandmom are but, very similar
0: right. but 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 still, like, it's how you're gonna enculture yourself in high school and grade school. It's saying I mean, who's it gonna be you're gonna, I imagine most of what defined you was who you're hanging
1: around, sure. And like you know, you must have been hanging around With those guys, girls. yeah. That's why, I end, you know what? It's funny. That's why you, you end up moving. And you also end up moving away from your family. If you feel different, I guess I was, like I said, I wasn't being me. Right. Like, I was being these guys. But you felt that. But I you, could feel it, because yeah. I knew I wanted to be a comedian, even at 15 and 16. Yeah, I, I went through a lot of different personalities.
0: Like, I it wasn't just, you know what I mean? Like, I could sort of move freely through a lot of different groups. I mean, culturally you know i wasn't italian i was jewish but i was in new mexico It didn't matter but i went through a little bit of a hippie period a little bit of a new wavy kind like i would kind of move
1: around me too i was more of the hippie like 10th grade in high school oh yeah i had the long hair everybody had the rock t-shirts and the but you're a rock guy i i was into rock i would go to a lot i smoked a lot of pot yeah and and i went to a lot of rock shows who was your band's in i always liked rush growing up you're a rush guy i like i was a rush guy i gotta admit it
0: wow like i need to uh, like i've been criticized for for giving rush short shrift on the show like i've i've dissed rush you have well yeah i have but i saw them three times i look i'm not going to deny that Uh they're
1: great musicians that's what they are i was a guitar player in high school and 2112 is great yes it's great yes yeah, what is that? But now, I, I think I have all... Yeah, yeah. I love that you're just... Dude, <laughs> buy <it.
0: laughs>
1: There was nothing more fun than when you played guitar and getting your first echo pedal and getting to go... I was like, yes! You play guitar? I did, in high school, yeah. Oh, uh, you are going for the full rock guy. I played in some bands, but I, I never got... Great at that. I right. kind of. I think I. I used to bail on a lot of things. Stand up is really the only thing in my life I didn't bail on. Me too. You too. But you still play guitar. Like you're very
0: yeah, good. Yeah, but I don't play. Never played in bands. Never had the confidence. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I should play with guys now. Mm-hmm. That that would be just for fun. But like I I don't. I I never had the confidence. Like th- I think the thing with stand up was like. It's a weird thing like cuz some people are like how do you do that? They don't understand how you do it. I don't know how not to do it after a certain point. Like even at the beginning where it was like this is going to suck. Like you do that first those open mics and like it wouldn't be that great. And like and then you sometimes have weeks in between them just going like oh my god. Fuck, I got it, you know. Yeah. And you kept doing it. Yeah. Because it, no one could tell you anything. I
1: don't know what I can't ever figure out what the hell it is why that was the thing. I think cuz I wasn't smart enough. That I actually, if I got the littlest response, that meant going well early on. You were like, that went great. But, but They laughed a little. So you, you were never a sports guy. You were a rock guy. I was a sports guy, though, too. Oh. I played sports, but I, I I quit. I bailed on that, too, at, like, ninth grade. What was it, baseball? I, yeah. You know what? I, I had my first anxiety attack. Oh, this is... I love the shit that's come. You're like, you know, you're being interviewed by someone who's a really good interview what? when shit just jogs. Oh, really? Is that is that the trick? I really think it is. Don't what? you love that feeling when you're like, I for, That just opened the oh, yeah. side of my that's head. It's the best. Yeah. 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 So wait. So you're in ninth grade. you were playing ball. I was playing ball. And but did you know it was an anxiety attack? No. What happened? I. I, uh, I, I I remember, and it's in my Comedy Central half hour, the whole long story. Right, but it was true. I bought I bought some pot off a kid at school. Uh, I went home. I smoked this whole joint. I don't know what was going on in my head now. Even now that I think about it, yeah. But I and I drank really two big glasses of vodka before a game. I had a game that night. What the? Fu- I have no idea. But uh, like hours later, right? The game, you know. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was just like something was in the pot. All of a sudden, just like like like, like this this like trippy feeling yeah. went through my body, you know, like the tingling and everything that an anxiety attack is. But yeah. I didn't know because yeah. I was so young. I was like, "What the hell?" I started running. I went outside. I just started running. Oh my god! Around my yeah. neighborhood, trying to work off this buzz of some yeah. sort, made it worse. Got so paranoid that I told my mother that I was high. Yeah. I said, I smoked pot. I, I I know you don't know this, but I smoked pot and I, I can't breathe. How I'm like, think? I think I'm going to die. And she, my uh, Italian mom I, this is, drove me to the pediatrician. I swear to God. <laughs> she must have been afraid if she took me to a hospital that we would get arrested.
0: <laughs> she, she, yeah, right. <laughs> she didn't know. <laughs>
1: And I had to tell the pediatrician that I smoked it. This is ninth grade? Yeah. Yeah. Ninth ninth grade. And oh, my God. And uh, I felt high for like a day and a half. Huh. Like, it just felt like it never went away. I didn't make the game. I never went to the game. And to me, that represents the end of sports. I don't remember. For everybody. uh, It was a big game (laughs) for everybody. (laughs) Uh, The
0: day sports died in America. Yeah.
1: I remember being very good at baseball. That was really my sport. It wasn't like a the jock across the board. So just maybe baseball.
0: just well, what did you, so you you're married to a psychologist, mm-hmm. and I imagine you see a therapist. Or you I did. don't
1: anymore. I did for seven years. This guy that everybody saw in New York City that sees oh, only yeah. comedians. Right, Have heard you heard about him, about him yeah, on your yeah, show? Yeah. What's his name? You've heard him on the show. That's I've heard hilarious. about him. Uh, his name's Alan Lefkowitz
0: Yeah. But so well, what's the diagnosis there that you just had a? A fear of of success or failure or, or like because it sounds like all that stuff is you know you not being able to make a decision and then sabotaging your ability to do the ball game like I, I I don't know where I don't know exactly what
1: that comes from I mean I think I've done that in my life well it's a it's I found out later in life also that my dad has this anxiety thing too oh yeah and it kind of runs in our family my brother had it my brother had you just had, have the one brother I have a sister and a brother. Yeah, yeah. So he had it too. Well, he probably wouldn't appreciate me saying it on your show, <laughs> but uh, I think he definitely stru- struggles with anxiety, and our anxiety would trans—is the you're more intellectual than me transpose. Yeah. What would you say it would? Uh, it would surface as yeah. anger. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. everybody that knows me from the time of stand up that you know me from in New York, and I don't know if you were ever in the room to witness it when I would lose my shit. On stage. Yes. I love that. S- Comics would love it. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Florentine would egg it on. I'll never. Florentine <laughs> in the You were ba- a snapper. I was guy's, a snapper. The uh, guy's going to snap. But it was like a, my Pete Dominic. I don't know. You know Pete? Yeah. Pete called it Jekylling. Uh huh. Because I would be completely. I, I'm a very easygoing, happy guy. And, and then, then one button. Boom. Rage. Rage. Yeah, just I just like the same What thing. the fuck? It's always right there. But it went away with the medication. I haven't had it happen in like, I swear to God, I'm like six years uh, rage free. So, really? Yeah, the medication took it away. Because
0: I'm 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 doing the uh, I'm not doing medication, and I'm I'm doing it cognitively.
1: How do you do that? <laughs> um, I try and stay away from people that provoke me too much. But on stage, there's always going to be somebody that goes, "You're soft." I or- become very I become very diplomatic with that age makes caring as much I, I guess away. so,
0: but I'm also, I'm pretty open up there. You, you know where, like even with trolling in general, like trolling's different, but like on stage, like I'll engage somebody, like even if they're, they're not, they don't know who I am, I'll, I'll be like, all right, so look, like Stuart Lee said a very powerful thing to me. He goes, like he had a realization, he quit comedy. This is, a, he's a British uh, mm-hmm. comedian, he's that pretty really is, yeah, yeah. He's a genius. But he quit because, you know, he didn't want to deal with these idiots anymore. Like basically, the the thing was he that th- when he came back, the realization he had was that if somebody doesn't like you in the room, uh, they he 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 feels bad for them now because like they didn't make the right entertainment decision. They, you know what I mean? They, <laughs> the,
1: you know, this that's guy like Norm Macdonald has a similar. Uh, he he says uh, that's kind of funny, you know, and it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> They paid to see something funny and it's not, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I was like, I but love he, that. But
0: he has a little empathy towards it that like, if, especially if they don't know you and they're just sort of like, this sucks. I'm like, yeah, I'm not your guy. Yeah. You know, wait, there's another guy after me or whatever you want to do. But like, how about we don't fuck up the show? Right. I mean, I understand
1: your plight. See, what you're saying is yeah. me on meds. What that's, oh, yeah? that's how it goes through my brain now. But, did but you, you didn't ever, then.
0: But you never tried to work that shit out?
1: Oh, just, seven years of therapy. And it didn't fucking touch it. It just it it would still happen. So you believe that this is just a chemical basis to this? It must be. I don't. There was this. Uh, yeah, it doesn't happen. And it would happen because like, your
0: parents are nice people. They're still together. My get, dad's the a, same
1: way. He's the nicest guy. But I can. There's times growing up where he snapped, and it was like, "Whoa, Dad's scary now." Yeah. And it would. It would. Be physical right. at times. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad hates it. I, I've said it on my podcast, but my dad fucking tackled me leave yeah. it, when I was in high school. He well, got that happened. Broke my leg. He broke your leg. He broke my leg and didn't apologize. Wow. And it went like thirty years of me going. <laughs> Ever. I you broke to, it in violence or by accident? Well, the in the violent act of yeah. you know me cursing my mom out at the dinner table. Oh, he so provoked she, him. Yeah. Them say, him saying you're grounded and me saying no not only do i not care that i just cursed at mom i'm going right out the front door i'm not grounded and then he my dad's six three he's a big guy he yeah. jumped on top of me and my leg just gave out, out on the front steps and broken leg and he's like it ain't broke you know never yeah, right. apologize and he's he, apo-
0: he apologized yet
1: he apologized through alan lefkowitz's saying does that bother you that he never apologized and i said yeah it kind of does i just realized that yeah. in here that it does and he goes what else bothers you i go well, my dad never said he loved me ever he's like does it would you like him to i'm like yeah i think that'd be kind of nice he goes tell him it hurts you don't tell him you're mad tell him it, it it upsets you he goes no one can get mad at you saying hey man that hurts <laughs> yeah which became like a great thing in life just to be able to when people yeah. fucking do shitty shit just Go, hey, man. So did you do it to your dad? I called him on the phone, like... After, right after? Right after. I'm (laughs) parked in front of the therapist. And my dad's like, I never apologized for that? I'm like, no. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. And I go, you also never said that you loved me. And, you know, I think it kind of could be a reason why I lose my shit on stage, which I thought, but I don't don't think that really was. And he's like, you need to hear that? (laughs) <laughs> I like, go, oh, Dad. I do stand up comedy. Yeah, yes. <laughs> the damage is already done. No, so... but meaning that's why I do yeah, it because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. these fucked up things right, that right, are right. un. That's why I think sometimes guys mm. go into comedy. It's really sometimes it's there's they looking for that love, love. Yeah, mm. maybe. No, I mean I've heard that. I believe that's true
0: because like I the I always fought it though because I did I seem to do what you did like. But not so much. You were always pretty pleasant up there when you were doing your act, right? You yeah, yeah, pleasant. And then, yeah. And then you'd snap. But like, I really think I went up there to challenge an audience, like from right out of the gate. Like, you know, I was going to challenge them to love me mm-hmm. and then be like, yeah, see, not lovable, right? <laughs> like, you know. <laughs>
1: So you make it funny it's funny <laughs> it wasn't funny for years that's really. funny to me I mean, you it would remember, go over as not funny i don't know you remember seeing me back then yeah i always thought it was funny but yes yeah, sometimes the audience they just don't get it
0: well i'm not sure there was something to get they were like this
1: guy's got problems he seems uh-huh. like he's mad about something not tell me if i'm wrong on this because you know i went to the comedy store last night i didn't perform i just kind of oh, yeah watched a friend of mine go on and and I had lived in LA for a short time. Yeah. And I always feel that the difference between stand up out here versus New York and why I kinda like West Coast comedy more, whereas New Yorkers usually come to the West Coast and they're like, Fuck these comics. Yeah. They look they need it. They need it. Mm-hmm. It's it's easier here or whatever. Comedy store's not easy. No. I find that the audience or maybe it's or if it's just the comedians, I feel that they um they do weirder stuff. Like, they go go another route. It's Uh more traditional in New York. Sure. It's kind of boring. Like, I like that... In the clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Especially New York. And why is it? Is it because of the comedians, or is it because the audience in New York is more... I think, like, you know, now, like, if
0: we're just talking specifically about clubs, like the Cellar, the Stand, Gotham, you know, -hmm. the club scene, because there's an alt scene that's its own thing there, as there is here, but, like, when you're dealing with... Like the store,
1: were you in the little room? Where do you perform? Your I friend. don't. I, when I when I lived in LA. No, when you were there last night. Oh, he performed in the. I guess that's the original, right? right. The yeah. original, yeah. I watched uh, Bobby Lee went on. Oh and... yeah.
0: Well, that's a hard. That room's like the cellar, I but mean, it you seemed gotta, great. Yeah. No, you got to show a, up
1: for work. It yeah. was packed though. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's popular. again it had in a, that place. Just you. You know, when you wa- uh, we're at that level of comedy, you can walk in yeah. in five seconds. You go. oh That's good. Good crowd. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that like those guys are all they're all shooting on. They're firing on all cylinders. Right. You know, but there is. I think there is a little different context. There is a different. Uh, there are some guys you'll see that start in New York and they go with the New York style. But, you know, a guy like Bobby Lee, he's a big, you know, he does a big physical act. Right. I mean, part of the reason is, is that you don't have that much room on the stages in New York. You're not. That's
1: true. You know yeah, what I it's mean? It's
0: small. Like the stand is. What is it like this? Like this? Like, a, I, I mean, I've only been there once. It's tiny stage and the cellar is very restrictive. You just have that little area. And there's a fucking piano there. And you got about, like, what, six feet and about three, four feet in between you and the crowd. Right. Not, but, I mean, that's obviously not the only reason. But for someone like Bobby, he's got, needs some room. Right.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but you doing that conversational style and, and, like, saying what you just said, where you said, uh, well, there, I, I, a, I, I tested you. I, what, was, what was the line? I pushed you. I uh, just challenged you. Yeah, I like, like you to love me yeah well, like that feels like it would work it here does, better sure. than it would in 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 well, like i think
0: that's true i think that new york that uh, my thoughts about it was always you know you got to be really punchline efficient and you got to keep it coming uh-huh. you know they don't indulge much you know dicking around you know you can't like here once you find a freedom to it like a room that you're comfortable in you can try things like i, I don't the comedy store is like I'm very comfortable there, so I'll you know I don't mind bombing a bit. But it also seems like. But also, you had Esty standing there going, "Oh, that wasn't funny." You yeah. know, like you know, like you're always being tested.
1: I think cause maybe because because here you're in the heart of show business. I mean, I it, there's. Posters, everywhere you look, there's another comedian on a, oh, so <laughs> on you're saying a it's, billboard. It's part of the city. Well, Yeah, and I feel that if you're... That being, might be true. And when you're being yourself on stage, like you're saying, that, yeah. that's so Mark Maron right. saying what you just said. Right. That here, they... they, they give it, you the benefit of the doubt. Not only do they give you the benefit of the doubt, I think it resonates as... They can imagine that, like, on a television show. I think that's show. true. I think that there might be a more, like, everybody likes seeing stars, uh-huh. you know, show up. Right. And
0: I think that a lot of times, like, the comedy story, most of the people up there, they've seen somewhere a lot of times. Right.
1: Where in New York, you still got a lot of guys who are just doing the job. It's the job there. That's Yeah. What sh- yeah. Here, it's like, how do I get this to not be my job? Yeah. Or, yeah. Or how do get I get more? To, yeah, get more. Where, yeah. where it's like, okay, you know. They're a little more
0: excited here, too, in a way. You know what I mean? It's not just... Like, here, you gotta, you're got in a place, you're going to go out. Like, sometimes in New York, you feel like people are just sort of like, oh, let's go in here, it's here. Right. And they walk over. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a bigger... Sometimes it's a little bigger deal to go out here.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I, I'm noticing that uh, at th- this time around. And what, yeah. I, what I have going on this week what is What are you like, doing? I have all these pitch meetings set up that my manager uh, put a sizzle reel together of my last one-hour special. Yeah and he connected it with this web series that we shot yeah. that showed a lot of my neuroses i, I did a web series called fixing joe yeah. that um, had all actors playing all the other parts right. and like it's probably the best thing i've ever done where i was like this i'm like i almost want to just go into the meetings and be like here here. what do you want from me what the fuck it's done like but i really don't want to play a comedian on the show like i want to challenge myself a little bit and say you know here's this is the show but i'm not a comedian i'm just Joe, who's a guy who was this a job. construction guy? Well, yeah, you know, whatever, but
0: No, no, I think that's interesting cuz you'd be like uh it's sort of against type to have a a dude that looks like a dude dude, mm-hmm. you know, with with real kind of anxiety and and problems, and, neurotic problems. And, and cuz and I, I think you're neurotic in a different way than I am.
1: Probably am. And I think one thing that i I was amazed at my manager which made me think wow he's on board i didn't think he would be like we had a meeting last week we went Uh, to rick dorfman who everybody knows for a hundred years yeah had an awkward meeting with rick dorfman once yeah i've had a hundred (laughs) awkward conversations with rick dorfman he'll tell you we fight all the time but like there was a moment in the meeting where i was like i don't even care that i fight like he gets me and he doesn't want me to be another guy he's like Dude, like I told him the story of want my dad to say he loves yeah. me and all that stuff. And he's like, dude, you got to use these in the meeting. He's like, you're a good guy. Yeah. He's like, you're not like a fucking lunatic. Like, you want to, you want to, I've been married for over 10 years. Yeah. And like, I want to be, my parents have been married for 50 years. Like, I'm this like sensitive thi- person underneath it all. Like, I told you, like, yeah. that tough guy that I was in Jersey I think and all that it just went away.
0: Yeah. But, but, but it didn't, it, it the struggle continues. Right. So like the, the idea of a character like you, who's a good guy, but kind of an alpha dude, the, the alpha neurotic guy, it's not something <laughs> I've seen a lot. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's, it, it is sort of interesting that like how you would play it where, you know, you don't understand why you have these problems, but some of them are like kind of crazy, uh-huh. you know, like not being able to make a decision and just playing that against your wife or whatever, like, right. you know, realizing that the rage is, that's it, it, interesting. That should be, you should be able to sell that show.
1: We hope. But I mean, uh, and I had to write a log line, which I've never done in my life. Do you ever try to write a log what, line for your line? show? Like,
0: like a, two...
1: Joe is a Yeah, like what the sitcom is in yeah. two
0: sentences. Yeah. No, I, I don't know if I ever did that. I always like to, I just go in there and blather and, you know, get, <laughs> get some laughs and have them put it together. That's okay. But for years, though, it's not a good. It's better to have a log line because for years, they, they think they know you. They don't know you. You got to tell them what you are. Or else they'll just be like, oh, you're that guy. I'm like, really? I didn't think I was that guy. They're like, yeah, that's what you are. And I'm like, no, I don't think so.
1: But you're. I feel like you're probably similar to me when you go into these meetings. Yeah. If it doesn't feel genuine and there's yeah. not a real connection, yeah, it feels like there's no way we're going to sell right now. This, I don't know.
0: I, I don't. You know, it's like I've gone to a lot of those meetings, and you know, you're you're usually going for laughs, and you know, you mm-hmm. listen to them. You want to listen a little bit, and and you know, let them chime in and work off what they're saying mm-hmm. a little bit. But uh, you, they 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 rarely go. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you, you, the odds are against
1: you, even if you feel good in the room. Well, I think like Craig, that not helpful. I had Craig Ferguson <laughs> on my podcast. I've had him on. He's he's a great guy. And, yeah, and he said something. I bring it up all the time, and it's simple. But it really makes sense. He defined show business. He compared it to the movie Shawshank Redemption. Uh huh. He said in that movie, Morgan Friedman, for the whole movie, is trying to get paroled. And right. he's trying fucking so hard. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, basically, like, fuck you. You're not going to parole me. You know, he just basically like, who gives a shit? And boom, they stamp it paroled. He goes, that's show business. Yeah, that's true. And and, and I said to you walking in your house, you said, how you, how you like L.A.? And I said, and, and, and I think I just defined it talking to one of my friends before I came here. And uh, I said, what is it about L.A.? It, it, it feels harder to be your genuine self. Like, And I hate that because it's like you start going, uh, oh, show business th- is so do you, here. Do you thank your friends all the time for putting up with I should. I should.
0: <laughs> Did you tell your friend he He appreciated
1: it cuz he felt the same way. He was like, "Dude, cuz he used used to be in a a, a couple of different bands and yeah. had big almost shots." And he said, "I feel so insecure when I'm in LA." And I said, "Yeah, it, it feels harder to be your genuine self, but if you this, know what
0: that is, you know." I, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think we just define what I am and if I can just yeah, yeah, if I can just be that and not try to be it. It's like when I watched at the comedy store last night. You can tell the comedians, yeah, that aren't trying to be something, right? And right, you're like
0: they're nailing it. But yeah, but they're there.
1: You know, it takes a long time. Yeah. Most of those guys have been around a while. Yeah, they're making it look easy. They're making it like they just like Ali Wong went up. She's the best. She was cracking me the fuck up. Oh, that's great. Do you watch her special? I saw like a hair of it. Oh, you she goes on it. pregnant. It's great. Uh, I gotta check it out because she had me dying. Well, she's like, gotta like she did, she's gonna do it her way. That's what I I mean because you know I'm a guy that has two little kids and I'm like if my wife was here she'd be fucking dying. Yeah. She said some joke about why are you out? Like you ha- didn't you just have a baby? Why are yeah, yeah, you yeah. out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she just pauses and it's so honest. I love that. She goes, I'm this close to throwing my throwing my baby in, my the, baby garbage. in the garbage. <laughs> I was like, that's... Yes. Yeah, yeah. And if, you, if you're if you 22, like I said yeah. earlier, you're like, that's the meanest joke. Oh, why are you saying that? Like, you, you have to have lived life to realize why sure. that's funny. I think there's a lot
0: of people coming to the clubs now that are, are a little more older and a little more... yeah. Like, I don't know what it is, but, like, I've been fortunate to sort of cultivate an audience that gets me mm-hmm. in whatever the fuck it is I do. But I think you're right. I think the point that Ferguson is making is getting to the point where somehow or another you don't give a fuck yeah like it's hard but like when i started the podcast i i'd let it go i'm not gonna have a tv show i'm not gonna be that big a comic i don't know what this is gonna do but i gotta do something before i i have to figure out another job right (laughs) you know what i mean right but like i felt it in my heart and i've talked about this before that i let it go like you know how how long do you hold on how long do you remain delusional to you know to where it becomes a liability where people are like no he doesn't know it's over. You you know what I mean? You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> you know, I hope I'm not that guy. You're not that guy because you have self-awareness, but but the freedom of not giving a fuck, you know, and then having this thing work out uh-huh. you know, on my own terms and like whatever was great, you know, because like now everything's sort of like, yeah, I'd like to do that and I'm ready to do that. Yeah. Like that's the other thing you got to realize. It's that you're ready to do it. And that's a, a funny thing that we put these people in power, these these fucking executives that come and go. Like it might need like that they are they, they're always moving to other jobs. And we're like hanging on, you know, they're like the judge and the jury of this thing. And it's like they don't what do they know? Right. It's a fucking crapshoot for them too. They're like, I don't know, should we do it? It looks a little risky. Like, I don't want to take the hit. All right, well, fuck it, let's not do it. Again, <laughs> yeah, it's like that's that's the decision. Right yeah you know, I, 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 i'm not gonna hang my career on this
1: and i i love that show business is at that level now where it's like i'm gonna go all the way around you guys i just went around you mm-hmm. i don't know if you noticed but i'm around you well, now
0: you know you ultimately want to work with people and if they're going to support what you do you want it to it's all collaborative you can't right. you know on that level if you want to be in the box you know and be, you know, have the money that, that someone's going to give you you know this is uh, the other thing is this weird kind of, like, parental relationship. It's like, I'm ready. I'm ready, Mom. Dad, I'm ready to work. Can I have the money now? You know, like, right. you got to get past that emotional shit. But I, the other thing is, it's like, what, like wh- where is it really now? Like, there's so many fucking channels and stuff. You know, you just,
1: all we want to do is earn an honest living. Well, I think that's what helped me be at this place where you don't care as much, is that you can go around. Like, yeah. I just did a special where I had two investors give me the money and we made it and like i started this tour i, I just said fuck it i'm starting i'm gonna try i just start trying things because there's ways yeah with the podcast get it and out social there. media to get things out like yeah i had people going because i started this tour called outside the box yeah right where fans and and i'm not the first guy to ever think of doing this yeah but i kind of just kind of gave it a name oh, yeah and, and said, I want see if you fans can bring me to your city some way. I go, here, I put a, the tour name on my website. Here's how to do it. So, you know, there's just so many ways now. And, like, when the fans heard me on different radio stations talking about how they can bring me to their city to do some sort of yeah charity, or, you know, it's not charity. It's yeah. like a fundraiser, whatever you want to raise money for. And I, I even got a, a, a sponsor. Did, Did it work? Yeah, it's like it's like it's it just started. I've had like two of them. How the shows? They're awesome because it's like it's your fans, and then they bring other people that they think would like you. It's great, it's usually people with kids and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, this Yards Brewing Company started uh, supporting it, you know, at least in this where they sell their beer. Right. <laughs> Which is like Philly and South Jersey. And they're trying to yeah, yeah. slightly broaden, but they're like a real niche market and i was like w- i said to the guy on the phone like i'm literally like i'm my own salesman now i'm on the phone with the head guy <laughs> of the beer, the beer company. Yeah. yeah and i'm like dude i go i, I don't know if this is going to sound insecure or negative i go but i i don't know a comedian that wouldn't love every gig being two hours from his house <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i'll do these every week right he goes you know we can do shows in the brewing company we have this whole uh tasting room that we can like put a stage and we can because these guys are huge comedy fans right. that's how it happened right the Arts brewing company yeah i like open for bill burr in yeah. front of. i literally I, I it's like i use that as a as a, a selling tool sure i contacted bill i go dude you're oh, you're doing the wells fargo center that's sixteen thousand people in philadelphia where i'm from can i open for you because i think i could like that could help strengthen my uh yeah. my thing there yeah and he's like, sure. So it was fucking awesome. I put all my <laughs> jokes together that were like perfect for a Bill Burr audience. Yeah. I mean, and killing in front of 16,000 people in your home city was just like the greatest buzz. And Bill backstage is going, I don't know if I love these big shows. I like yeah. the 3,000. Yeah, know? yeah, and yeah. I was like, I came off stage. I go, Bill, you're going to love it. I could do this every night. This, <laughs> you're crazy. This is incredible. Did it, When was that? That was like uh, six months ago. Yeah, and these people from Yards were in the audience. They hired me to do some corporate event. This was classic. I put a, I put like dress pants and a dress shirt because yeah. I think it's a corporate event. Right. It's a brewing company. I get there. It's all dudes with tattoos and beards, yeah. all like hipsters. Yeah, and like you couldn't say a joke that was too off color for them. Right, like they just loved everything. And I was like, dude, we got to we gotta do something together here. Let's do some sort of... You, you guys should sponsor my tour. And then, like like in, I said, I'm... In, in uh, Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, in New Jersey. This yeah. is fucking perfect. And, like, I'm on the phone with fans, and they're like, you use social media for, like, kind of what it's for. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> a great idea. I'm like, am I the only guy? And then I... I told it on DePaulo's podcast, yeah. and then he starts trying to do the same thing. Oh, yeah? How's it going for him? I don't know, because I know he's trying to do it on this massive level, like, give me $14,000 for one show in your backyard right. kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm, like, telling the fans, I'm like, no, I'm trying to make it affordable. I want you to make money. You're the producer. You make money. I make well, money. I think
0: that's an interesting thing about a lot of us now is that... You know, in the way that the show business has changed, it's, I, I feel like, I I actually feel like I'm making an honest living. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm working hard and I'm doing it on my own and well, I'm getting paid for it, even with the TV show, because until you get at that, because there was years where they, I don't know if you ever got one of those development deals where they I give. I did, yeah. But then you're like, oh, well, what does this money mean? Well, it means that if you don't deliver, someone's gonna make note of that. I have this weird principle with that shit i like doing my own shit like even the tv show ifc doesn't pay like fx or like or in my my fame is not like louise or anyone or bills but like it's where i can handle it and and i and i'm making a living right. and i'm saving a little money and that's all you really want really right. like i don't understand why guys like some guys who are billionaires why are they working
1: why are you working <laughs> <laughs> isn't the idea to stop exactly yeah well like, I even feel that with this week and pitching the shows that I'm like, I don't really, I'm thinking so much smaller than I used to think. It's right. like, I used to be like, I want to get my own show and I want, oh my God, I could get like, I could get like crazy famous. Yeah. Now I'm like, I just want to get a little deal so I can buy, Um, I want to buy a, a a rental property, like a small one right. in a resort area.
0: What made you um hit the wall? Because like, it seems like from when I first met you, from bro guy to rage guy, that there must have been some like cathartic moment where you are like, I gotta fucking change. Was it meeting your wife?
1: Was yes, it, it was. hundred percent. She so there, loved you, and she was like, "What are you doing?" There was moments where, well, first when we were before we were even married, there was you. You might need to go see somebody. You need therapy. And she was already, Was she in school? Was she a
0: therapist? Or she, what?
1: when we first started dating, she was finishing up finishing up her master's at drexel mm-hmm. and then seven months into our our relationship she wanted to take they have to do a one-year internship mm-hmm. to get the phd mm-hmm. i still kick myself because i think we picked the wrong place but we she had it narrowed down to ucsd in san diego mm-hmm. and in san francisco those were her two places to do the uh, the, the, the internship. internship yeah but i, I remember thinking because it, it was a two-year internship yeah. in uh in, in san francisco right and i remember thinking two years that's just so long which isn't but now as an older guy yeah when you were that age yeah you're like i can't live in san francisco i don't want to be away
0: from philly and new york <laughs> for two years so, yeah, well, you have like is what, idiot I, I,
1: this is what was weird is i lived in la for a year and a half and i was that guy that was like show businesses and everything i want a wife and kids i remember thinking that my friends knew that then yeah my friends were like what are you fucking crazy i had the development deal i was blowing through all the money living here and i lived in burbank Mm -hmm. i was like just buying stupid shit because i wasn't working i'm living in la i'm just spending the development in
0: burbank yeah spending your 200 grand
1: yeah just spending yeah buying couches and (laughs) buying people dinners everywhere we go and then i had a little bit of money left i moved back and my my brother the real estate uh Contract, contractor okay. guy goes dude you should buy a place in hoboken i go i never even heard of hoboken he's like, hoboken it's right outside of new york city it's a good spot you should buy a place there so i look i find an apartment i buy it fix it up a little yeah thank god that i bought that place because i think that was just enough to make my phd wife because i just i met her i met her like three months after coming back yeah and she was at Drexel, so that's Philly. Yeah. Uh, I start doing gigs down there. And her, me owning this place, was like I said. Was it a two-bedroom? It was a two-bedroom. Thought I was going to rent it out. I had, like, a couple of comics stay there. And yeah. I was like, I can't. I can't Not, do this. They'll ruin it. They'll make yeah. it garbage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: like, You've got a shot at making a nice thing here. Yeah. Just, like, just give it to a comic for a month. It's like, what yeah. happened?
1: And, and it was across the street from Artie Lang. Which oh. I didn't know at the time. So he could
0: use it as a as a crack house, <laughs>
1: <laughs> or the equivalent. So Artie and I started to become friends. Yes. I started working with him a lot on the road, and uh, and then uh, I meet my wife. I start dating her. She's like, "Wow, you're fix- fixing up the place." She, she she thought I wasn't even like heterosexual when she first met me. Like, oh yeah? That's how into making the place nice I was. Oh yeah. Yeah, like I had it like pimped out when she came over the uh-huh. first time. She's like. You sure you like women? I'm like, yeah, I swear, I do, I do. I just like, I like candles. <laughs> I just want things to be nice. I like it nice. Could you not touch that? Please. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I ended up selling it and making some money, so my, my brother was right, and uh, that ended up getting us our, our first house. So you went and put it right into a house? That was smart. Yeah, but then I lost it all on that first house, because it was- a The bubble? It, the bubble? Yeah, yeah. The bubble, and it was in a shitty school district. I didn't have kids yet, and I didn't realize that that was important. So you took the hit because you paid too much for the house? You sold it at a loss? Yeah. Mm. My mother-in-law, never forget her. Classic. We, she comes with us to look at the, the house. Yeah. She goes right up to the owner. We'll take it. We love it. Doesn't even consult me. So yeah. I have to pay asking price for the house, which I would have bid it down you know, or try to do something, but- there was no way for you to go like whoa 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 whoa. whoa. She that's my mother in law. This is me. I yeah. probably should have done that, but this is before I heard the Alu Bell episode. <laughs> there was no no confidence in anything. Uh, so yeah, I mean uh, the, my, there were moments where I can remember vividly my wife saying, "I'm not saying I'm going to divorce you, but if you don't get on meds, like there's a chance that this isn't going to work out." Why were we yelling at her? I wouldn't yell at her but I would You do yell around her? Yeah. Yeah. I remember a vivid moment trying to pour gas that I I, Mm -hmm. my car ran out of gas in her mom's driveway and I went to like a target and bought a gas can and I must have bought the wrong nozzle and I couldn't get it in the gas hole. Right. So gas was just running down the side. Yeah. And I was just going, Motherfucker Yeah. Loud and my wife comes over. She's like, I grew up on this street, um, Everybody's outside. My mom's in... What are you doing? You're <laughs> embarrassing me. There was a <laughs> lot of moments of um, embarrassment. Like, I used to...
0: Oh, it's so sad.
1: I used to do that where you'd yell, like, on the street. Like, yeah. in conversation. Oh, yeah. Like,
0: even if you're not yelling at them, you oh, just yeah, yeah. like... Your pitch is like... And you don't even know it because you're just an angry guy. Yeah. And they're like, why is this happening? We're online at the movies. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just the embarrassment of... The woman with the rage guy. Yeah, I yeah. was that guy. And then it was, get, it got, when it hit ground zero, is when I got fired from a comedy club. This is what made Fixing Joe start as the podcast. So I got fired at a club in Hartford, Connecticut, two nights in a row, lost it at different hecklers. What was that
0: called? The frog or the, what was that, Hartford? Club this one not? was
1: called City Steam. Oh. Hmm. It was uh, it was there for a hundred years. It's still there. It's mm-hmm. like a weekend room. Uh, the first night it was a bachelorette party with like forty people in the audience, and I was like, I was aware enough to know that I'm gonna lose it because they were fucking it, yelling you, at you the Opened feature. it. You opened with losing it. Well, they were featured there when they, whenever the guy before me is it's getting like, shit on. Yeah, not, that's when I like take it like I'm the I'm the big brother now. Yeah. And I would go on stage and I would just yeah, I lost it. I I I made them cry. Like the I think a girl cried and left. You and Nick DePolo. I Nick DePolo'd it. Yeah yeah. They
0: left. They and, left during the show.
1: Oh yeah. And then the show was great, you know, once you get out of it, the, get them and all. They just out of there.
0: shamed them out. Yeah. And the rest of the crowd was like, yeah.
1: Yeah. We love you. Fist pumping me yeah, on yeah. the way. That was great. That yeah, was yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, the manager's really mad. Mm-hmm. And then the next night, some loud Italian guy, I, and I held it in for the whole set. Mm-hmm. And then the set was done. I see that I got the light. I'm at 45 minutes. Yeah. And then I just said, you know what? I did all my material. I ignored you for 45 minutes, but I'm basically done. Now I'm going to tell you how I really feel about you. you and I just went off on this guy for so long that they had the sh- they shut the mic off while you were on stage on st- just no mic now was people there oh yeah the full audience was were you pat. doing well i did f- great up until then oh then it got bad well the once again the crowd would li- like you said how you love it yeah. a lot of people loved it that's yeah. where i would get in a problem and then but you know that moment where you're like the crowd's sort of like nah it's a little too far I don't. Th- I don't think I could not yeah. afterwards. Yeah,
0: I was that guy that went. Oh no, I knew like when you're in it with somebody and you're like you're really feeding the anger, and then you feel the crowds with you, and then there's one beat where they're like, no, no, no. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you say something really <laughs> right, harsh, right? Nah, no, yeah, no. not usually like saying I want you to die. Or yeah, something that was a joke connected to them dying. The on word the way cunt home. will do that. Cunt can do it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, uh, the manager called me the next morning in the hotel and he's like, Hey man, you know, I'm a big fan, but, uh, I can't have you do (laughs) another show here. Yeah. It's just, you know, you
0: were booked for another one. There was a whole nother night. Was that the Friday?
1: I'm trying to, you know what it was. I think the Thursday was the first one. They let you do Friday and then Saturday. Friday, Friday, Saturday you're gone. Yeah. The middle moved up. The middle you went to protect. (laughs) He got his big shot. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
0: Hey Joe, thanks for looking out yeah. for me.
1: I'm doing your dates. So stupid, me thought in my head this could be my hook because I used to like to try to find really? ways the let's, rage hook, the snap guy. Yeah, yeah. Because I can. I had a moment, uh, and also I have an I have an album that I sell that is all snaps. Oh, you a, recorded a, it all? I recorded eleven different. I, I I went back when I started thinking, oh, this is a hook, yeah. and I realized I had a lot of recordings of losing it. Yeah, and I went. And I was like, "Let me find the best ones." And, yeah. and you know, when when you, when there's a comic you really like, look up to. There's like certain comics when yeah. they come up to you and tell you they like a bit. Yeah, it makes you go, "Oh, yeah. like it Do makes you." That. You're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, if, a tell was one. If a tell goes that bit, I like that." Yeah, or you like when you yeah. said, uh, yeah, even you though know, I, I like still think joke, that bit's you hate not that funny. Joke. <laughs>
0: It's just the the beat, <laughs> the beat. I, I don't know because I remember. it Maybe not everyone remembers it.
1: Maybe it's honest. The, I don't know. No,
0: it's the futility of it. The, like, the, was it was the Atari game? It was one that you just had Pong, when right? We had Pong. Yeah, and then there was that one level where it was just you and, and the, the wall and the wall. There's no winning. That's what was funny to me. <laughs> There's no point to it.
1: Oh, see, you <laughs> yeah, yeah, intellectualized it. you intellectualized. Yeah, it. I did. I don't think the crowd ever did. All right, thank you. <laughs> I need a room of Mark Maron's. <laughs> you don't have to do that joke anymore. <laughs> so where was I at the story? Oh, so, no, your, your hook, your new hook. Oh, so I think, the, uh, so I, I start piecing together a comedy album, and I can remember sitting at the cellar, and I say, Bill Burr's there, and I go, dude, I'm thinking of making an album that's just all my worst moments. Yeah. Like all losing it, heckling beats. And yeah. he goes, dude, I'd buy that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm making uh, it then. <laughs> I got it. (laughs) And I narrated them at the beginning. And still to this day, like, if I pitch that on stage, they don't want my fucking albums where it went well. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. forget those. Where's the one where you lose it? I'm like, it's this one. It's called When a Comedian's Attack. They're like, give me that. Give me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign that. Yeah, Yeah. that's all. That's the one they want. They love it. And do they still? yeah still to this day like i'm like i'm out of them they're like oh that's what we want those you got more i'm like you can buy it on itunes it's there it's there when
0: comedians are you know what you know
1: yeah you know what sucks though is those things go in loops on like spotify and pandora and i'm like someone could be listening to a stand-up loop of like louis yeah and and then all of a sudden you hear me going fuck yeah like they don't even know where did this come from well you make a couple bucks what are <laughs> you still care? coming yeah so i thought i had this hook of the snap yeah because i had one of them on stage where the crowd was shitting on me then i was shitting on them then they would shit on me and i made it a little like ad lib in the moment bit about it where we were keeping track yeah who got what p- you i'm giving them points yeah we were just shitting on each other and it was like really working i was like that's gonna be this is what it's gonna be and I uh, I did the first Fixing Joe episode after I got fired. Bill Burr, I figured, perfect guest yeah. because he has that famous outrage in, yeah. in Philly. Philly. Yeah. And uh, he's like, dude, that's a terrible idea. You don't ever want to be arguing as your career you can't fake. But he lose said he it. wanted the oh fake lose it right. Well, he was like you can't fake. Fi- How are you gonna get? In-? And he goes, it's like the he- the album is real losing it. Yes, it's real. Yeah. But I found the funniest one. Right, there is one track on that album where I I give myself a loss. Oh really? I don't. Th- I think the heckler won. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I hate when that happens. <laughs> she was fucking brutal. This girl just was. Oh, oh she good was for tearing her. me up. Good for her. Yeah. But uh, but Burr was like, that's like being on a sitcom playing some over exaggerated character yeah, and right. now it lasts 12 years you can't years. make it on purpose yeah yeah he goes you you wouldn't be happy you wouldn't be creatively happy right. so i kept doing the podcast but yeah the psychologist's wife having kids makes you fix yourself too You're how like old are your kids now eight and four yeah well yeah you got to
0: show up and that's something you wanted to do that's not something you fell into like you left here thinking you want to have a family and live that life you left L.A. that first time. Like, I want to have a wife and kids and yeah. be a
1: person. It was very important to me right? So, to have so, both. So because of that, you 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 shaped up. Yeah. Well, there. yeah, I can remember moments where I would just, where I thought I was going to get divorced, and I could, like, this is when I just had a son. I remember my wife and I having a fight, seeing his bedroom from our bedroom right after the fight and just, like, bawling, being like, I can't, I don't want to not be here sleeping in this house with my family like this ah oh, like yeah, that a divorce guy. is easier when you don't have kids but if you have kids and you're like you're not here it's anymore it's always awful what i say on stage is to be hard to witness the guy who's the improved version of you yeah
0: right 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 you're doing
1: a better job yeah he you yeah. know because i'm add you know yeah. bad and this guy's all focused i he i go he wouldn't i know it wouldn't be another comedian she's not going down that road again no who would yeah like do you, you you see everything that you did that happen with you and your divorces where the the next guy was like a total opposite of you
0: no i don't know you know i, I like i don't know like i don't I don't have to deal with them yeah you but, don't like the. I, I know the first wife's dude he's a good dude he's a teacher and she's a psych she's a psychologist right so they worked out like and i'm happy about that because there was no way like i'm not even sure i'm the greatest emotional investment now you know like the second wife i know why she left You know, and I know what, you know, I know what I did and she ended up marrying a dude that got some bread and he's a writer and she, you know, he's in show business and stuff. I think they're okay, but like they both did the right thing, (laughs) but it doesn't make me feel any better. Right. So wait, so now your wife though, (laughs) does she have a private practice?
1: No. See, I, I, I let the audience think that my wife is a therapist. Yeah. my wife actually is a neuropsychologist uh-huh. with a phd and studies alzheimer's disease uh-huh. she does 100 percent research she's like okay. a scientist okay she
0: never wanted to do the therapy
1: no she wasn't interested i mean she has to she's a researcher be researcher but you have to learn everything yeah you know there were times where she had to do therapy i can remember when we were dating she had a couple of patients they make you learn everything but uh no she has a lot of friends and psychiatrists that she can like tap into like yeah when when i knew what medication <laughs> like i How long almost... want to take
0: you to level off on that shit how much has it changed like i I never really embarked on the medication i i here and there but not much but you sound like you're you're all for it a hundred percent for it
1: my uh the web series kind of s- starts from the beginning of me starting the meds and yeah. takes you through it yeah um it takes about two months before they really even are doing anything. Yeah. So it's this slow progression. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that thing that I I think I even tried to write something about that yeah. about it being like a yeah like a phantom type feeling yeah. 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 But yeah, it's weird. It's like it's in a headlock. I think I've heard you describe right medication. Like,
0: yeah, I, w- well, I remember the one. It does give it, well, it gives you new personality. But it doesn't get rid of the old one yeah. the old one's inside going what are we doing <laughs> yes
1: right yeah. And the
0: new one's like take it easy we're okay
1: yeah, it's like it's in a headlock yeah, 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 it yeah. wants to fight but it can't yeah 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 but your kids are all right <laughs> that's a that's a that's a good one to ask um well i think my son has some of the stuff That's that's another joke I do. You notice your negative traits way quicker than your positive traits in your own children. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, he has some of the... Rage? Maybe. And then he has a psychologist mom who's like, tell us your mood. Yeah. I wrote um, all these... She wrote, like, faces on a a piece of paper, like, from a smiley face to a little smiley to Uh a nothing to a sad. Yeah. And, you know, you're trying to, like, map out his (laughs) moods. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Psychologist kid, yeah. And how he's eight. He the daughter's four. Yeah, so he's yeah he's in third grade, and uh, yeah she's she's too young to. But decide. they're having a good time. The, it's awesome. Good. I feel like you're working towards the ending. I feel this now. This was I was gonna say this when you listen to somebody's yeah. show a lot, and you listen to it a lot. You're like you're, <laughs> you're waiting for, for this. wrapping up. Are you are you good? You're waiting for it. I'm like fuck. Here comes the are you good? <laughs> a day and a half of. What's Mark going to ask me? Is yeah. this going to go well? Is he going to yeah. hate me? Am I going to be able to tell he wants me to go, he wants it to fucking end? He wants to get out, like that shit. But mm. then when you go do it. Well, I didn't, th- I didn't think any of those things. I know. Like I was like, I don't even need to research this one. Yeah, it's an easy <laughs> one. Just fucking put a fucking shirt on and go do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you're to talk to Joe. They're not going to freak out.
1: Yeah. You don't write shit down. If someone tells you to go see a movie, I write it down. I gotta, it's got to go in the iPhone.
0: No, I kind of remember that stuff. But if I if I have an impulsive thought that I think I need to share, I better make sure it's not like a, a bomb of some kind. Do you know what I mean? Like if I have feelings, like I'm gonna fucking email that guy back. And I'm like, yeah, maybe take a second. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm. But now I've gotten so detached from it, I forget to text people back. I forget emails. Like I just like I'm. I don't know where the fuck my brain's at. I don't know what's happening, but I just for just space it. I just, and then I'll be going through my texts. I'm like, holy shit, I did not answer that guy at all. And that was three weeks ago. And then I'll just answer like he just texted it. Oh,
1: no, I can't do it. Sorry. Have you ever tried Adderall? No. (laughs) Never? No. Yeah. Well, you couldn't now. But I have friends that are addicts that can take it if you take the time-released version. Because you can't can't overtake time-released Adderall. I don't know that I have ADD, though. No, I don't think you do either. I can usually tell. I have uh, anxiety uh, issues,
0: and I also, um, I don't know what the other issue is. I, You know, I do, like, like, I seem to operate at my own pace. But, like, when I have to do jobs, I do them. You know what I mean? Like, if left on my own devices, I do a lot of things at once, and I usually get everything done. But it, there seems to be, there would probably be a more efficient way to do things that I don't always do. Right. Do you know?
1: I guess, but yeah, with me it's it's the attention deficit like you just space it out. Well, it's I just start I forget a lot and you really notice it when you are an Adderall user and then you decide to try not taking Adderall one day. You're like this is how I was? This is horrendous. I don't even I'm bumping my head constantly. It's just like bang, bang. I get injuries cuz I'm just like I'm not in sync, really. I'm, really? Yeah, I'm forgetting things. It was like, always like that? I drive very well. Really? Yeah. I can't read. I can't read. How old are you? I'm 48. So maybe,
0: what, you don't think maybe it's just getting older?
1: No, no. And not being able to read a book without having to keep rereading the paragraph over yeah, and over that's again. that's my whole there's fucking a- life. I mean, it's got to be interesting. Maybe you're not reading the right book. But it even how about if you can tell it's interesting, but there's a little like radio playing, and it's hard for you to focus. That's what I notice it in my son when he's playing baseball. Yeah. If there's a something else going on the uh, on the next field. Yeah. And he's just looking over there. I'm like, dude, you're, the guy just pitched it. You can't look to the right; you're gonna get hit in the face. And he'll be like, "I don't need to wear my cup today." I'm like, "I think you do. I think you might want to wear it today." Yeah. He goes, "I and don't need it." You might see a dog across the street yeah. that's distracted from fielding a grounder and yeah. protecting your balls. It's hilarious. He'll be—he's like, actually said to me, "I don't need the cup because I'm playing in my uh, my YBR league. Is his lower level league, yeah. and then his travel league is yeah. the other one." I'm yeah. like, "What is the difference?" Yeah. People hit a ball your balls yeah. you need the cup i'm <laughs> an idiot uh, so that's what we've learned today is that uh
0: no matter where you are if there <laughs> if there are balls being hit you should wear your cup wear
1: the cup and that's a metaphor too for life yeah always wear your cup that's the title of the pitch this week <laughs> is it episode one wear your cup <laughs> is it, is it? <laughs> no it should be it should be <laughs> <laughs> all right good talking to you you too man <laughs>
0: Okay, watch Joe's special on CISO this Thursday. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF needs. Check the tour schedule. A lot of dates coming up going to be adding dates. I'll keep you in the loop on that. Be nice to people. There's no social mandate for being a douchebag in public. Let's try to be people. Can we? How about I play some distorted guitar for a minute for all those that hang in for this? (laughs) ala
1: are
0: Boomer lives!